If you're listening to this in real time, February to early March 2023, then you're in time to register for the Short Form Funnel Summit. It's completely free March 3rd through 6th, and it's audio only, which means you don't have to spend a whole bunch of time on social media or staring at a screen. What we're really doing is sharing words from experts to help you have short form video that converts potential followers into subscribers on your email list and sales for your products, which is what we really want at the end of the day. We're gonna be talking about TikToks, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, Facebook Reels, and even short form video on platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn that get a little bit neglected and ignored. If you know you're gonna be busy that weekend, or if you know you want a little more support, there will be an option to upgrade to an all access pass and the price will go up closer to the dates. So if you know you're gonna to wanna to get that, get it as soon as possible so you can save it. All those links are in the show notes, or if you need a little more info, you can DM me on Instagram over at Brittany Verlenich. Hello and welcome to the Social Media Magic Podcast, the perfect podcast for TPT sellers, teacherpreneurs, and teacher business owners who consider themselves to be introverts. Each episode shares all kinds of ideas, tips, tactics, and strategies to help you make more sales and grow your community on social media. Without further ado, let's get on to today's episode. All right. Hello. Welcome community. I'm so glad you're here. I'm just going to pop onto my phone as well to make sure that everything is coming through live. We have two Britneys for you today. And if you're listening on the podcast, again, just want to say thank you for listening. It's not lost on me that you're tuning in. And I so appreciate that. I know that your time is super valuable. So my hope and my goal is that this will be super valuable for you too. And I think it will be because this is a topic that's been really hot in the teacher business community and honestly, the online entrepreneur space in general. So I'm super excited for our guest for today. She She's known as the queen of evergreen, Brittany Long. She's a former middle school teacher who now works with coaches, service providers, and course creators to create an automated as possible business of a regret-free life. I love the automated as possible part, and I think that's like one of her strengths. So welcome to the show, Brittany. I'm glad you're here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I always loved getting to talk to the teachers as well. So it just brings me so much joy. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And I just want to share very briefly, Brittany has a big part of my story as well. And I was actually just telling her that the other week. So about five years ago, I guess maybe a little under that, I was so burned out on my first year of teaching. And I don't know if you guys can all relate to this. I know some people wake up when they're five and know they want to be teachers. That was not me. I loved playing outside. I loved pretending like actually I pretended that I had a hotel in the back of my house and I would walk kids over and check them in, which is really funny because then I ended up studying tourism and hospitality. So fast forward, I ended up in a teaching job. After the first year, I felt like, oh my gosh, I made a huge mistake. This is not where I belong. I love kids, but I hate the rigidity of the classroom. And everyone told me, give it five years. You're just new. And I said, okay, well, I kept giving it and I was like, it's, it's not getting better, but maybe I just need a different position. So I tried a different subject. I tried a different grade. I tried all these things I thought it could be. And until I had the perfect teaching job, my last year teaching STEM, and I was like, all right, if this ain't it, then it ain't it. But Brittany is part of my story because I came across her blog, Life After Teaching. And that honestly was like, hmm, life after teaching. Okay, I can resonate with that. What does that look like? What are my different career options? Maybe you've thought of that too. And so then I couldn't find a job really that aligned with everything I like to do. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to try things out. I, I have a lot of travel experience. I'll start a travel blog for teachers. So it's just really funny that Brittany it like was that part. And then later on, I actually hosted, I don't even know if she remembers this. I hosted a training in her Facebook group. 
Mm -hmm. um, for teachers who wanted to start a travel blog. And so that's been a part of my story too. So it's just so cool. And then last week I was at her retreat and I just feel like honestly so grateful for her and the fact that we've become friends. At least I consider you a friend. I hope I that's consider that too. I'm so glad you do as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's so cool. I'm just so grateful for her and what she's done for teachers. She has such a big heart in her group, by the way, if you're still in the classroom and you're considering other options or you're not sure if you want to do this thing full-time, her group Life After Teaching is a great resource. Okay, let's dive in. Are you ready? I'm ready, yeah. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of questions as I was telling you before. I don't expect you to answer all of them, but that's okay. We'll just get through as many as we can. And of course, you're welcome to go follow her on those socials and her Facebook group is fabulous so you can go learn more from her. So let's start with the basics. What exactly is ChatGPT? That was like one of the big questions is like, I don't even know if I understand what it is. So it's artificial intelligence and it's artificial intelligence done in a way that it is incredibly intelligent. So we've had AI in the past. Uh, you may have used it on Jasper or Copy AI or something like that, but the level at which we can use it with ChatGPT is light years ahead of what we were able to do with it before. So as before, you know, you would put something in, it wouldn't give you exactly what you wanted, but you're like, oh, okay, this is a starting point. With ChatGPT, you can put it in and then say, okay, I like that, but I also want you to tweak it and make it sound more professional or make it sound more friendly. Or one thing that I did recently, it was like a homeschool curriculum for a third grader. And so I said, okay, uh, this is what I want. I want you to come up with three lesson plans per week for the next quarter. And then I want you to make it age appropriate for the third grader, but also let's make sure we're spending time outside and we're using real life applications. And it did it for me. And then I said, okay, now I want it as detailed as possible. And it did that for me. And so it went really in depth with what I was asking it to do to the point that I could take that as a teacher, you know, or as a former teacher, um, knowing what I know about education, I was able to take that, make tiny tweaks and think, you know what? I could use this almost as is for what I'm looking to do with it. And so it gives you a lot more of what you want a lot faster than we've seen from artificial intelligence in the past. Very cool. And yeah, I know that like last year or so, maybe even a little before that, I had been playing with Jasper and very similar. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is going to be a game changer for bloggers because that was the original context I was coming at it from. But the more I started playing with that and apps like ChatGPT and all that, I said, oh no, this could be the end of bloggers. This could be the end of the creative as we know it, which is why one of the reasons I wanted to really bring you on because I, I was a skeptic like, and I had some like ethical like things that were going on. I'm like, oh, I love the idea and the potential but like, can I ethically use it? So we'll get into the ethics thing in a minute. And I think my preference is that like, you always have to make your own decision, listener, watcher, like what is ethical to you? Because we're all going to have different choices. And that was actually something that was a big theme of the retreat is that you can do whatever you want to do. Like for me, I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I don't respond to my DMs personally, because I like that interaction, mm -hmm. but you might want to completely outsource it. And that's fine too. So yeah, there's no right or wrong answer there. Okay. So you already kind of talked about the kinds of tasks that ChatGPT could perform like lesson plans. Um, obviously I'm coming at it from a contact standpoint. So like social media posts, email marketing, all that kind of stuff. But what are some other tasks? Cause I mean, I know that when you hear this from like, okay, if I create digital products or resources, they might be getting kind of worried. Like, well, I even have a place in the market in a year or two. Mm -hmm. So what other kind of tasks can chat GPT do for you? 
So one of the things that it's doing for me right now that I am really loving is that it can create email responses for you. So I love when people email me. I love responding to them. But every once in a while, I'll have responses where it's like 100 in a day. And that is a little bit overwhelming to me um, or a lot overwhelming, I guess, if we're being honest. But I don't want people to stop responding because I love having that communication. And so one thing that I've set ChatGPT up to do with uh, do for me is with Zapier. Uh, so it connects ChatGPT, Zapier, and my Gmail account. So Brittany at winwithsystems.com. So it's actually from my domain, but using my G Suite or Google Workspace. And so it will create a draft email for me. It'll analyze the email that gets sent in. It will create a draft response using my tone, my voice, my language, and then it saves in the draft folder. So then once a day, either me or someone on my team, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, can go in and just respond to those using the foundation that's already created and then just tweaking it. And again, it's still something that I would say. It's still the sentiments that I have because I've created the prompt in such a way that it does that without me starting from scratch every time and looking at a blank screen every time. And that's been one of the most helpful things for me recently to be able to release some of the, that extra pressure that was on myself. And it's been it's been helpful in, in giving me the, I guess, the momentum to say, yes, I'm going to continue to email off uh, you know, very often and get all these responses because I know I can handle it now. Uh, so that's one of the things I've been doing with it recently that I love. I love that you talked about momentum and building that habit, because I think that one conversation that comes up a lot, honestly, in the online entrepreneur space in general is consistency. Mm-hmm. I have a love hate with a relationship with that word. I'm sure like all of you guys do is like, we know inherently that consistency in tone, consistency in content creation, that's super important for someone to build a relationship and a connection mm-hmm. to you. And also algorithmically, if we talk about tactically, it's important for that too. But it's so, it's almost like deflating sometimes because you're like, oh, I don't know if I can be consistent every day or every week or whatever. Yeah. It's really hard, especially when you're still in the classroom full-time or you still have a full-time job. It can kind of feel like you're never going to get there. So I love the potential it has to re- reduce some of that stress. Uh, also, I'm just going to say, because I am watching on my phone too, if you are live, feel free to ask other questions too, if we don't get to yours. Because even if we can't answer it now, like I'm sure that you know I can get an answer for you later. Yeah. So I think definitely potential is, is amazing here. So right now, ChatGPT is free and this might not be something you know, so no pressure. But do you happen to know how much will it cost when it's not free anymore? And or do you have any experience or have you heard anything about that? I did look it up, but I couldn't find anything definitive. Yeah, there's nothing, at least from what I can tell there's, well, so I I know people that have gotten access to the paid version, but mine does not have access to that yet. And so I know that the paid version is out there. <laughs> people are enjoying it, but I'm not one of the ones that it's rolled out for yet, though I imagine that'll be coming soon. I will say that for me personally, I would be willing to pay upwards of $1,000 a month because it's already made me more than that. I would ideally <laughs> like to pay no more than 200 a month uh, or even 97 a month. But if they said, if they came out and said, okay, it's 997 a month, I would say, you know what? I can make that money back plus quite a bit. So I'm okay with that. But I don't think that it will be anywhere close to that high. I think it'll be probably closer to where Jasper is, which I think is around 197 right now. Okay, I just heard, I heard from miles away, everybody's eyes pop out of their school thinking $9.97 a month, what the heck? No, no, yeah, I I don't think it will be that. (laughs) But I just want, I just wanted to share because, you know, like, 
you know, a lot of people I work with, they're, they're like making maybe a few thousand a month, like if they're mm-hmm. at that point, right? And, and some of them are not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't want you to feel like this isn't for you. I mean, maybe if it doesn't apply right now, it's still good for you to hear it because we all know as teachers, former teachers, we have to learn something several times before our brain finally like accepts it, right? I heard about ChatGPT, no lie, probably 60 times before I finally said, all right, I will try it. And I was mm-hmm. so resistant. And then I did, I'm like, oh, this is pretty amazing. This is coming for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I totally understand that's where you're at. But there, I mean, when you think about the ROI though, I mean, like hiring, like obviously I'm a service provider, you're a service provider, you hire that if you're, even if you're paying hourly, I mean, you can easily pay someone a thousand a month, you know what I mean? To do content creation and stuff. And so this kind of gives you the staff of like four or five people just because of the amount of work that you can get done in such a short amount of time. And that's why I think it's been such a game changer. I actually just sent an email about this, about how I, I wrote 14 emails in one hour. I've never been able to do that. And I mean, the other skeptical part that I heard people saying, and so I want to address this really quickly because she was talking about in her tone of voice, you guys, it was freaky. I got it to use the words, hey girl, on its own. It started doing it on its own. The, oh my God, the really, like even the using letters multiple times, that's how I talk and that's how I write. It sounded, I read it and I could hear it in like the Southern California dialect. It was, it was honestly, it was really weird. So you can train it to sound like you, which is just so weird. Okay. So this was a really big concern. I work with a lot of bloggers, people who have blogs for content marketing. So one concern, people are like, that sounds so cool, but I heard that Google will derank your post or not prioritize it or that you'll get like her SEO points if you use it. Is this true? And if so, is there a way to alleviate that? That's what I've heard too. Um, and I've seen people say, oh, it's, it's gonna, ChatGPT is gonna add this basically a pattern. Um, almost like when you're taking a picture, it has something in it, like this metadata that lets anybody, you know, trying to buy it or use it know that it didn't come from their camera, it came from yours. It's kind of like that. Um, from what I understand that they're going to be coming out with something like that. And so what you can do is there's uh, an app, well, it's not an app, it's a website called GPT Zero, GPT Zero, and you can copy and paste what you have into there. It's going to tell you about how much is from from AI, how much is human made. And so you want to get it as close to human made as possible. So anything you create, I would recommend not not just taking what you have and using that, but actually editing it so that it sounds like you, feels like you, and it's more of your style versus just copy and pasting from there. And so uh, I use GPT-0 to help me get it as close to, okay, this was likely completely made by humans as possible. And then I also use Quillbot, Q-U-I-L-L-B-O-T, to help rephrase some of those sentences that may have sounded a little bit AI-ish before or may have had that pattern before so that I'm, I have something unique that I can present to avoid that. And uh, actually, Brittany, I wanted to mention one other thing too while, you're, while we're on this. I had mentioned the $1,000 so I essentially with how I use AI, it has kind of become part of our, our business and I treat it like an employee uh, because of how often I use it and how much I use it for. Uh, and so we have, like, I mean, it can create scripts for me for TikTok. It creates headlines, blog posts. It can edit the blog posts that I created. Like <laughs> it really does so much for not only my traffic, but also my sales, also my customer service. And so I treat it like an employee that I would be paying. Uh, so that's why I'm saying up to that amount. I def- definitely don't think it's going to be that amount. And then the other thing you had asked was, you know, should I worry about this? Like, will it replace me? And that's something I thought too, of like, man, how are, are people going to no longer need copywriters? Because that's what the majority of what we do is email marketing and email copywriting. Will people not need me? And that was even one of my concerns with the retreat of showing you all how to use that. I was like, well, why are they going to need me if I'm <laughs> showing them how to do all this? But at the end of the day, it's helped me so much. I was like, I can't, I can't not tell somebody about a tool that's going to be so useful to them. And so the way we're approaching it is, I don't think this is going away 
anytime soon slash ever. <laughs> and so instead of being afraid of it, I'm just going to lean into it and create the kind of things that it's unable to create, the kind of things that have that human touch to it. So how can I take what AI is creating and um, create or and add human human experiences or human touch? That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking to do uh, and be paid for because I know it, that's something that AI, at least at this time, <laughs> can't replace is like that human side of it. Yeah, I love that. And I know it's sometimes it's just good to hear the same thing from someone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people in my audience are travel agents, not really for this, this podcast, but they might still hear it. And one thing, one of the biggest objections I hear with like my uh, travel agent host agency affiliate link thing is like, well, but do people even use travel agency anymore? I said, yeah, you actually probably do every time. What do you book with? Oh, Expedia booking. I'm like, yeah, those are travel agencies. And they go, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, they're automated travel agencies. And they're like, that's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. It just looks different. But there are a lot of people who still use like in-person travel agents because they do want that personal touch. And so like explaining that does sound kind of weird. Like people pay you so that you can get excited and plan travel with them. And I was like, yes, so, like you, you can do make money doing anything really. But yeah, like I agree with that. Like the tools can help us. Like I still use all those. Like I use Google flights to find flights for clients, right? Like it would have been really easy for me to look at that and say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm never having a job again. Like, you know, but, but you can just, it's, it's what you want to do. And we still have, I mean, we have calculators on our phones and we're still teaching math, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's still a reason and a need for those things. And that addresses a couple questions. Cause I know I have some service providers in my audience and I have people who create digital resources on sites mm -hmm. like TPT or Etsy. And they're like, well, is ChatGPT going to do that? Like, are they just going to make it for us? Another kind of related question to that, what, what's going to happen with the future of content marketing? I know that's something you can't predict. But I was just thinking about that too. I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, if Google's a company like any other, Google could go under, which is so weird to think about, but they could. Right. And if Google goes under, then all of the digital marketing stuff that we've learned about podcasting, about blogging, YouTube, that no longer applies, which in a way is kind of exciting, like brave mm -hmm. new world status. But it also can be really anxiety inducing if you have built a blog over 10 years or mm -hmm. five years and you're like, I put all this work into it. What do I do? So I'd love to hear just your thoughts on that. And, you know, I'm not going to hold you to anything because it's just <laughs> we're, we're predicting, but right. I'm just curious what you think. So I think that there's always going to be things changing. And and I mean, think about it. Like when the internet came out, I was watching a video actually recently. It was like 1994. And people were like, what even is internet? And emails, we're going to send emails. Why wouldn't I just write a letter? And so I think those things are always changing. But I really do think we're on the precipice of like that next big change in how in how the world is. Like the internet completely changed the world. And I think we're about to see it AI do the same thing. And so as far as like, what would that look like? Or, you know, what should we plan for? I always think it's important to have a business that has multiple legs to it. So uh, a lot of times folks will put all their eggs in one basket, whether that's social or podcast or whatever it is. And it's like, you're trying to sit on a unicycle. And so you might be wobbly. And especially if you're just starting out. And then if you take that wheel away, you can't go anywhere. And so it's important to have multiple wheels or multiple legs to your business so that you are more stable so that you can move around without worrying about what happens if one of these go away. And so that's one of the reasons I talk about evergreen and everything so that you have that social piece, you have the emails, you have the podcast, whatever it is, and then repurposing everything that you can using AI so that so that you don't have to worry as much about like what happens if one of these go away. Either way, no matter what happens, you still have that kind of content that you can always repurpose, that you can that you can talk about in different ways, and it still helps build your authority. So no matter what happens, you you don't lose out on that. You still have that, and I think that's that's a really powerful thing to know that you still have everything that you've already done. It's not a waste. I completely agree with that. And the cool thing is, a lot of it is what you said about looking at the blank cursor. And like, that can be so stressful when you're starting mm -hmm. out and you don't have a lot of content yet. 
it's just like, oh my gosh, like it, you can almost like see, cause a lot of times we're visionaries, right? So you can see the end picture of like, mm-hmm. I can see myself having a blog on this topic with like 300 posts and they're all bringing me this much like ad revenue or affiliate marketing income, or they're selling my resources for me. I can see that, but I can't see where it looks like in the steps in between. And like the steps mm-hmm. in between see so monumental. It's like, oh gosh, I can't even have, imagine having 50 blog posts writing that. So you just mm-hmm. do it one at a time. Right. So I think that's really like what you're talking about. The vision part is really important. I think that can definitely help you like to save mm-hmm. time. I have a question here. It kind of actually relates to my next one. So my next question was going to be, if we have ChatGPT write something on our behalf, is it plagiarizing? That kind of gets into the ethics part, right? But mm-hmm. but also we want to think about that because there are like Google impl- SEO implications. And then a related question is, Jackie's saying, how does copyright and intellectual property law come into ChatGPT, or bloggers at least? Can you pub- publish blog posts under your name written with AI? So yes, yeah, so I guess maybe just answering both of those as much as you can. And I know that's hard because that's probably like, I was going to say a copyright lawyer, but they probably don't even know because it's so new. So yeah, what do you, what have you learned so far? So based on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and what I'm watching from lawyers that have looked over their terms of service, they're saying, okay, you do have the rights to it. You have the rights to the questions that you've asked. You have the rights to the content that's produced. But it's also saying that ChatGPT has can see the questions you're asking and use it for training purposes and stuff like that. So there's a few things there. But what I also have noticed is that sometimes people will, especially the very beginning of all this, they'll copy and paste everything. And then they'll be like, this is my blog post. <laughs> they don't want anybody to steal it. But really it's, it's, you know, coming from part their brain, part AI. And so everything that I can see, and I'm not a lawyer, so <laughs> please, if this is something that you're like, I really need to make sure of this, look, talk to a lawyer that's like actually a lawyer, <laughs> not, not me who's just looking at, you know, watching things that lawyers have said. But from what I can tell, it's, you have the rights to it and it's not plagiarizing, but it could be giving somebody else similar answers. And so that's one of the reasons it's so important, I think, to personalize it as much as possible and customize your questions and your prompts as much as possible. But ultimately, at least for what I can tell, and again, not a lawyer, <laughs> but from what I can tell, it's you have the rights to the questions and to the content that's produced, but somebody else may have something similar if they ask similar questions. Love that. Thank you. And that same person, um, she said for the follow-up, I feel like ethically people should disclose things written with AI. I I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Is that actually part of their terms? I don't know. Not Um, that I remember. No. Yeah. I mean, so I guess here's my thoughts on that is that if you're the one creating the prompt, you're the one thinking of like asking it questions and and doing that, it's almost, to me, it almost feels like an interview where I'm interviewing somebody, I'm asking them questions, I'm formulating my own opinion. I'm summarizing or rewriting or whatever it is. So for me, I, there's still a lot of uh, edits and stuff that I need to make on my end. There's still a lot of human touch that needs to happen there. But I definitely see what you're saying. It's almost, uh, it almost feels like a ghostwriter too, to me. Like if I'm having to write something for me, it almost feels like a ghostwriter. And we wouldn't expect a ghostwriter to necessarily show up on a book. For example, just a book or ebook or whatever it may be. We wouldn't really expect their name to show up. Often authors will cite a ghostwriter and you know say thanks to them and stuff, but it's not something they have to do. And so, yeah, those are that's my thought with that. I can definitely see why you would want to know that. But at the same time, if you're writing it or you're editing it and you're checking the facts and stuff like that, which I would highly recommend, then it's still content that you're at the very least editing. Yeah, I definitely, I second on that checking the resources. So I just, again, I just was playing with it last week, right? Playing. And I feel like that's how I best learn is just experimenting and seeing. So last week I put in a prompt asking for 20 teacher travel grants. And I said, please list a description of each in a paragraph. Please list a link for reference. 
And it actually gave me like clickable links and references. So I just think like from a blogger perspective, even if you don't use it to actually write a blog post, I just saved three hours of time, like just to like search through all those and like find the links and put them in and say like Mm -hmm. sourcing this, like, wow. Now I did have to go back and check because I believe like the information it comes up with, some of it is older. Like in one of them was like from 10 years ago and that grant application is no longer around. But I mean, still like editing a couple of things that saved me so much time to where I might've had to pay. Now I can see why if you're a freelance writer researcher, that could be a little alarming. Like, oh no, like that's uh, like Brittany wouldn't pay me anymore if I did that job for her. But if you did do that job, you could use ChatGPT and then do three times the amount of work and then get paid more. So I think it's one of those things where we can just choose to fight it or we can choose to integrate it. And I will say like, I like personally, I actually was, I was ranting at some retreat that I was recently at for something else. And I was just like, but it's just so hard because I love to write. I love the creative part of it. And I was just like, why are we automating this? This is the fun stuff. This is the, like writing comes from the heart and all that. But like, and, and yes, I would say yes. And not mm-hmm. all of your content necessarily has to be super hyper creative, which I know a gasp, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't like some of it really is just like you have a formula, you put, pump it in and then you could even rewrite stuff that you have. So mm-hmm. like this really blew my mind. I put in like some social post captions and I specifically said for a Facebook group. And it gave me like several different posts based on copy that mm-hmm. I inputted, which was my original input, my copy. Mm-hmm. I put my copy in and it spit out 20 other posts that basically say similar things. So it's my words, it's my tone of voice, it's my message, my offers are all in there and it saved me time. So it's like, I can, I can hear what people are saying, but on the other hand, it's kind of a gray area too. By the way, Google's already using our content. I don't know if you guys have noticed when, uh, when you do a Google search, they'll have a snippet of your information. So technically they steal your content without licensing and then keep them from clicking on your stuff and getting ads and affiliate marketing revenue. So I'm just saying that like, you know, companies are always going to look out for their best interests. And so you just kind of have to decide like what, what is right for you. Oh, I have another question. Can chat GPT help find good SEO? I don't know what you mean by find good SEO. Do you mean like keyword research if you're watching? Because SEO is kind of like a, a greater practice, but maybe if you can refine your question, but what did you do, Brittany? Have you done anything with SEO for chat GPT? Yep. So I've said things like, I want you to write 10 potential headlines for me that will help me rank with better SEO. And then I asked it, I think, to do keywords for that as well. And so it came up with keywords and it was great because they weren't necessarily keywords that I would have automatically thought of. And then the other thing I did, I have Surfer SEO as well, which I'm not sure if we'll keep forever because what we're doing with ChatGPT, but we might. But with Surfer SEO, it basically tells me like, here's the keywords that you want to hit on to help with your SEO. And so I looked to see if they were similar to the ones that ChatGPT was giving me, and they definitely were. Uh, So that was really encouraging, I guess. (laughs) And then the other thing I was going to say with that is you had mentioned the the make this for Facebook. And I did something similar with that for LinkedIn. I was writing a blog post and I said, uh, write three potential headlines for me that would do best on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And so it gave me three options and I was like, okay, these sound pretty good. And then I said, now I want you to give me three that are, and now I want you to tell me which one would perform best for Facebook. And it gave me which one would perform best for Facebook. Then I said, which one would perform best for LinkedIn? And it gave me a different one. And I thought that was really interesting because they are such different platforms. What's going to work on Facebook isn't necessarily going to work on LinkedIn. And that gave me insight. Even, I mean, even if you're just using this for insight, it gave me insight on how to tweak my copy for LinkedIn that I didn't have before. So that was something that was also really helpful. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that's that's a big part of it, right? Is like expanding your mind to thinking of what it could possibly do. Like you had mentioned at the beginning yeah. that you used it to basically research and create homeschool activities. Again, I believe all the TPT sellers here in that gasped because they're like, well, I'm out of a job. But you can also use it to help you with parts of your resources. Now, the only thing is with that, I would say just disclaimer again with the intellectual rights and copyright thing, copywriting thing, make sure that you are not just literally copy pasting one, because you don't want another seller doing that. And you guys have the exact same resource. And then who has the rights? Mm -hmm. That's tricky. But then also you can just use it to help you like finish writing, reading passages, right? You could have it. There's so much you can do with it. Have it help you make math problems for Mm -hmm. your worksheets. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much you can do to have it help you and and just finish work that maybe you started already. Cause I know that's a big thing for me is I love starting projects and things. And then I just get to like the daily grind of it. And I'm like, Oh, do I really want to do this? I want the finished version of this. I don't want to do this part of it. So you can kind of use it as an assistant to help you finish things. Um, Uh, Can I say real quick for the TPT sellers, one avenue you may want to consider that would actually probably help you get a higher pay too, is to be a TPT, basically a TPT AI interface. So this way you could help people create custom resources for them. Because that's why I went to ChatGBT was because I wanted something really specific, but I also wanted it to be outside. And I didn't know if that was something that I could find on TPT easily. And so if you're looking to differentiate yourself, then using it as a way to get more customized kind of plans, or even being that person that's like, you can, whether it's a membership or a subscription, or they can work with you for so many hours per month or whatever it is, where you create something custom for them, uh, maybe using something you've already created and then asking ChatGPT to customize it. Uh, this is something that you could charge more for because it is that custom piece of it. And if I have somebody that could create something custom for me and I don't have to do it, I still want to do that. I just didn't want to find something that, you know, was the same across the board and not exactly what I was looking for. I wanted something that was exactly what I was looking for. But if somebody else could do that part for me, I'd be like, yeah, please. And I would be fine personally. Anyway, I would be fine with somebody using chat GPT to do that and just be that, that like implementer who, who asks the questions and stuff. And I know that it wouldn't take very long, but when I have a bunch of other stuff doing, it's still the same. I'm still super busy or busy-ish, I guess, not super busy anymore. <laughs> but to be able to have someone else do that and create the custom thing for me, present it to me, put it in a nice little package, I'm great with that. I love that. And one really common question, or I should say objection for TPT sellers, because they get those questions a lot on their resource. Like when you go on the actual site, they'll say like, can you make a blah, blah, blah version of this? And I know that makes sellers go, oh, like I wish <laughs> I had the time for that because that's actually right. a good idea. So there's your answer, right? Like we know it when you're in the classroom and I even told Brittany, I'm like, I did not have the capacity. I, Brittany Verlenich, did not have the capacity to do some of the things I'm doing now last year. I just didn't. And I'm not saying that that's your story because some, some people just have more energy. I have a very finite amount of energy. I go hard and then I crash. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out what works for you. But for me, just the potential I've seen to really make product lines. Like I have a resource mm-hmm. and then I can use that as a template. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. almost instantly, of course, with tweaks and things really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. Okay. I have another one. Oh, Sarah Whitaker. She's a podcast manager. She has a podcasting for educators podcast. Everybody go listen. It's so good. So she said, she already covered this, but oh, tips on accessing chat, chat GPT. Every time she tries that. Every time she tries to use it, it's down. What mm-hmm. tips do you have for that? Just for accessibility, Brittany. So I find that early in the morning, late at night is when I'm able to get on without much issue. And weekends usually is where it's the busiest. So I usually go in early in the morning before my kiddo's up or late at night after she goes to bed. And that seems to be the best time to be able to access things. There will, like I said, there will be a paid version. I've been told that the paid version will be so that you can still use it when there is high capacity. And if you're trying to get in and you haven't even been able to like 
log in and sign up yet, if you Google, um, I think it's openai.com slash playground and start there. I've had in, people I know have had an easier time getting in that way. And then you can use the playground is basically to test it out. And then the very bottom of the playground, it'll have a purple button that says try chat GPT or something like that. And you click it and then you can get in sometimes. So that's like a little back <laughs> background that I've seen uh, work for a lot of people. Awesome. And I'm just looking through these questions. A lot of these were kind of tangentially related, Mm -hmm. like kind of reworded ones of that. Let's see. So I just want to address something really quickly. But one of the questions was, can ChatGPT generate creative writing or poetry? Yes, it can. And I will actually link a really funny poem uh, in the Wallflowers TBT group that you guys can read. It's about like about how TBT sellers are mad at TBT and what they could do to improve. It's actually really funny. So mm-hmm. I'll link that below so you can read it. So yeah, it can actually create pretty decent creative writing and poetry. Mm-hmm. But really, the art of that is the input. And I know right. that's like that's that's Brittany Long's specialty. I would say mm-hmm. is like because she like that's what kind of, we kind of learned last week was not just how to use it, but how to really customize your prompts to make it sound and think and talk and mm-hmm. write like you. So can you just talk about that for a second? Like you kind of mentioned it earlier about like a TPT narration customized service. How can we start doing that? Because one thing I I had my question about is or that I had a question here for was. I tried using it. It didn't really sound like me. The blog post was really poorly written and I had to spend a lot of time editing it. Mm-hmm. So what can we do when we're writing a good prompt to keep ourselves from having to do a lot of editing on the back end? So that's what I thought at first when I first tried it as well. I was like, I don't understand like what's the hype about this? But then I started playing around with it and I realized, okay, I just need to have a conversation with it. If I have a conversation with it, then that's really when I get what I want. It's almost like, I don't know if you can hear my toddler in the other room. It's almost like when my toddler is having a tantrum And I just think, okay, well, I guess there's just nothing I can do. But when I'm able to kind of help her calm down and have a conversation, I can see, oh, she won an apple and I gave her an orange or, you know, whatever the case may be. But when you first start, it's just like giant tantrum. You don't know what's happening. It's kind of like that with ChatGPT where it's like you, yeah, you just kind of have to figure out the prompt. So uh, some of the things that I do when I'm starting out, I'll take an email or I'll take something that I've written that I am really proud of that I feel really good about. And I'll say, I want to train you to write like me. Review the email, writing, blog post, whatever it is below. And I want you to describe it to me, describe the tone, describe the voice, describe the feel of the email. That's kind of what I'm looking for. And then it's going to spit that back to me. It's going to say, okay, I see what you're saying. This email sounds friendly. It sounds authentic. It sounds it sounds helpful, whatever the case may be. That gives me some of the language to use to be able to say, okay, now I want you to write an email about X, Y, and Z that includes this kind of tone, this kind of voice. And so it's getting specific and kind of teaching it how to talk like you. You can also do something like think like a social media strategist who has great engagement on their social posts, but write like me. Just a reminder, when I write, I, and then give it examples of some things you say or some things that your tone, your voice, things like that. When we were together last week, there's somebody there that's a New Yorker. And she said something like, I want you to add in more personality and talk like a sassy New Yorker. And it did exactly that. And it came out with a lot of uh, the, the email that she wrote came out with a lot of sass and fun and personality. And so it's really asking it to talk more like you, but then giving examples of what, what talk more like me means. Sometimes I also use phrases like make it sound more like a human or add more personality, uh, add some puns. I'll say add two to three analogies that explain or that express X, Y, and Z. And so giving it more specific tasks to do versus just like write an email about X, Y, and Z is usually where I see it doing best. Totally agree. And I just want to read uh, some and actually give you an example of what this looks like, or I should say sounds like since some of you won't be able to 
<laughs> but like I, I did a prompt and sometimes if you do the prompt, like thinking like a conversion copywriter, you get kind of cheesy stuff where it's right. like register now. And you're like, you can like hear the car salesman in the background. <laughs> so I did, uh, I did something for a client and the original output that I got the last couple sentences were invest in your teens, professional growth and make a lasting impact on your students' futures register now. And I was like, ugh, no. <laughs> so then I put in a prompt. I said, please rewrite the last two sentences to sound less cheesy. And I was kind of wondering like, is that, is it going to know what that means? Like, is it going to mm-hmm. take cheesy literally? But it actually was able to figure out the colloquial meaning of cheesy and actually gave me a better output. It said, learn the basics with an emphasis on practical skills and hands-on experience. Your team will leave this program equipped with the tools they need to help your students reach their full potential. And I was like, yeah, that does sound a lot better. That sounds more teacher friendly. So I just, it's, it's amazing. I was honestly really skeptical, but mm-hmm. I'm totally sold on it now. And I still think that there are obviously some ethical implications. A lot of you guys ask questions is what's ethical? Is it ethical? You guys really have to decide that for yourselves. I know that's a hard question. That's a hard thing to say, but really we're all going to have different standpoints on that. Even right now, there are people who hire ghostwriters and content people like me. And sometimes I have clients who will say, say, please, when you respond in a DM, say, this is Brittany, your social media manager, or Mm -hmm. respond on my behalf. Everybody has a different way that they're going to do it. And it's okay if your way is different than mine or somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no judgment on that. You get to decide. Uh, and I know that's hard because we're often looking to podcasts and coaches and things for answers, but really mm-hmm. that comes down at the end of the day to whether or not you want to use it. Yeah. So Brittany, you have this fab membership where you really dive deep into this stuff about AI automation and tools. I'd love for you to share not only about that in case people want to join. I do have an affiliate link posted down below and in the show notes as well. But I also want you to also share a blurb of why and like, Mm -hmm. because I love the Fridays off club and kind of what you're doing with that. Yeah. So years and years ago, probably five or six years ago now, I had a cancer scare. And this was actually when I was teaching still. And it like totally rocked my world and, and terrified me and stuff like that. And I'll never forget leaving the doctor's office that day and thinking, oh my gosh, like this is my last year on earth. Am I okay with what I'm doing? And the answer was no. And it wasn't necessarily because I was teaching and it wasn't the right fit. It was because I knew deep down that there was something in me that was supposed to be doing something else. And I can't really describe it other than that, like just this kind of knowing. And so since then I have, you know, left teaching and kind of found my path and stuff like that. But as I was doing that, I was like, my gosh, I, I don't want to continue to spend all this time working all day, every day. I did it when I was a teacher, but I also did it, especially my first like probably year and a half of, well, no, two years of entrepreneurship where I was like eating cookies every meal because I wasn't making time for like lunch and I was not sleeping at all and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff that I was doing when I was teaching that were not helpful habits, I carried over. I thought that, you know, changing careers would just like magically fix everything, but turns out I was a problem. <laughs> and so, or one of the problems anyway, but that was kind of how this, this thing started for me, this Friday off club. And so I had my daughter and I was still working all the time. And we, my husband and I decided, okay, we want to actually see each other and we want to like be able to do family things and not just have my daughter see me, you know, with a computer in front of my face. My dad was a teacher for 37 years. And there were a lot of times that I didn't get to spend with him because he was working his first job teaching or his second job or third job sometimes. And so I didn't want to continue that. Um, one of the things he told me when he had a major stroke and he was in ICU was, I wish I had spent more time with you and your brother. And so like, I carry that with me knowing that life is precious. And I should say the doctors were wrong. Like it was a huge roller coaster of a ride, but like the doctors are wrong. And so, but I felt like I got this new, this new outlook on life. And so since then, everything that I do, I think, okay, how can I 
make a big impact that I want to make? How can I make more money than I need that I can use to impact our family, our you know future generations, my friends, my extended family, our community? And how can I do all of those things without working all the time. And so for me, AI is a big part of that now. Um, My team is a big part of that too. I have a few people on my team that help, uh, but AI is a huge part of that. And so I use it to help me come up with ideas, help me come up with scripts so that really the main part of my role is creating content, which I love doing. Like that's my favorite thing to do. So creating content that I feel like will help people, inspire people, motivate people. And so that's recording, that's sometimes writing, that's, you know, training my team, training other people with the goal of taking Friday off. And now we always take Fridays off, but we also sometimes take Thursdays off or Mondays off or a whole week off because we have systems in place that can, that can do that for us. Does that answer the question? I feel like I rambled a little. (laughs) No, it's really good. I think it's so good to, to hear the story because a lot of times people just like focus on the strategy and the tactic and it's good to hear the why. Like I realized even when I'm talking to people, they're like, so you just quit teaching just because you want to travel more? And I'm like, yeah, because we have a great big world and there's so much to see. And why wouldn't I want to get out there and have my future kids see that? Right. Mm-hmm. So when we tell the story, I think just it just paints that whole picture and also shows the motivation. So do you mind like sharing a little bit about your membership and like how you can help people with ChatGPT specifically and other automation tools? Yeah, of course. So AI Copy Club, it started as a way to show you how to use AI to create copy to save you some time, but it's really kind of progressed beyond that because I'm using AI in so many different parts of my business and my life. I'm like, okay, well, here's how to create copy and YouTube scripts and pretty much everything. But every week I share three or four videos, um, typically, you know, what kind of stuff to ask, and then you can tweak it from there. But it's a, it's like a prompt plus template because it's uh, it'll say something like, I want you to write like a... And then it's, uh, it describes, you know, what you're going to put in there and stuff. So it's not just copying and pasting what I have, but it gives you that shortcut so that you don't have to do all the trial and error that I did to get to that point. <laughs> so we have all that in there. Um, and then I have some personal ones as well, like creating a custom meal plan. So I have type 2 diabetes. So I not only do I need to have something that's gluten-free when I'm looking at meal plans, I also need gluten-free, <laughs> low-carb, low-sugar uh, high protein, like just this massive list. And it is impossible to find a an actual recipe book that has all those things because it's just so much. And so, but I asked it to create like a seven day meal plan for me with all those specifications. And I said, I don't like fish, so don't put any fish in there. And it did it for me. And then it gave me an ingredient list. And so I cover all of that stuff, not just like your business type things, but also some of that life stuff as well. And then we continue to add on more. One of the questions we ask when you first join is, what do you want AI to do? Like, what do you wish that it could do for you? And then we create videos based on that as well. So we tried to answer as many specific questions as we can. And it's $9 a month. I wanted to make it super, super accessible for everybody because as a teacher, I've seen how much easier it is for people that have access to the the kind of tools that help you get ahead and not have to work all the time. So that, yeah, <laughs> that's what we do in there. Uh, like I said, I upload videos every week and just try to make it as helpful as possible so you can take it and run with it. I love that. I don't know if you caught that, but even if you're not out of the classroom yet, or you're like, this is still a part-time gig for you, you can use it to automate your teaching. Oh my gosh. Like, I wish I would have had this the first year when I was learning about organizing data. Oh my gosh. I wanted to like put a fork through my eyes. I was so sick of dealing with Excel sheets and stuff. And just to think how much easier this could have made it for me and for for Mm -hmm. other teachers like you. So I'm super excited. I think it's really generous of you to only have it for $9 a month. I think you just pour your heart. Everything I bought from you has just been so good. You are one of those people who really cares about people and their success. It's just so evident. And so I really want for everybody to go follow you. Even if you don't buy the membership, like go follow her, see what she's doing. Where can people come and find you and follow you? 
Uh, so on Instagram and TikTok under the Queen of Evergreen. So it has that the the beginning because somebody else had already had Queen of Evergreen. <laughs> so the Queen of Evergreen. On TikTok, you can find me, Brittany Long. On LinkedIn, I'm Brittany Long as well. But please don't message me on LinkedIn because I always forget to check it. And so I'm not on there a lot. <laughs> and I don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. So uh, you can also email me, Brittany at winwithsystems.com. Our website is winwithsystems.com. And uh, I said YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram. Facebook, we have the Friday Off Club, um, which is our Facebook group. So find me in any of those. I'd love to meet you, especially I always have a heart for former teachers or for teachers and former teachers as well, because I've been there and I know what it's like. And I think if you're whether you're doing TBT stuff or not, like it's it's fantastic. It's so important, I think, to have that outlet outside of teaching. And so kudos to you. I think that's wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for coming on. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah.